What's going on, fans? My name's Josh. I'm here, as always, with Matt. What's going on, guys? Grayson. Yo. And Dez. Hey. Um, and today we're going to talk about the, this Broadway trend that's uh, sweeping Hollywood and the, the Hollywood movies. We're going to talk about Titan Season 2, and then we're going to talk about uh, Batman, some, some links that we've heard about the new Batman movie. And this is the Nerf Force Podcast. So Matt, what do you got for other news? So we'll start with other news, and then we'll get into the Broadway stuff. So the first thing I wanted to talk about tonight was the um, uh, Taika Waititi's. I'll, I'll mess his name up. Taika Waititi. 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 Anyways, so the new one that's coming out for him is uh, the Jojo Rabbit. Have you seen the trailers? Yeah. Movie? So this is the one like World War II yeah. reference. Um, yeah. He's got somebody playing Hitler. I forget. There was like some controversy. No. He's playing. Hitler. He's playing Hitler. That's what he's it was, playing. Yeah. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So he's actually playing Hitler in this one. So. Imagine so being this... cast for Hitler. What's that? Imagine being cast for Hitler. Well, he he's also the director, so he cast himself. So. He really <laughs> wanted to be Hitler. <laughs> the storyline, though, behind Jojo Rabbit, which I think is like the thing is, is like, you know, when you when you start touching into Nazi culture and you get into that whole type of genre, it's a touchy it's a touchy area. And again, how many comedic things have you seen on the entire Nazi, you know, situation? Other than uh, Inglorious Bastards, Inglorious Bastards, which was actually springtime for Hitler. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Producers. So yeah. if we go back to me. It's Mel. It's Mel Brooks, right? Yeah, Mel Brooks. So do you guys do you guys know the Who producers at all? Nope. Not to no. my knowledge. Okay, so that's one that again, it's it's older, so you guys wouldn't probably know it, but he you know does. Spaceballs is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Spaceballs. Space oh yeah. I didn't like Spaceballs. Um, yeah. The same same producer, like a, mm-hmm. a very like funny Jewish producer. Yeah. Well, Blazing Saddles. He does. Yeah. I mean, he's got a ton oh, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, History of the World. All this yeah. stuff. Like, part he, one or part two? What was it? And Grayson, you and I sat down one night and we started watching History of the World. If you remember. And it was, um, it, basically, Mel Brooks was able, he broke barriers way earlier than everybody else, too. And he was able to convey the, the stupidity of racial biases and, yeah. and things like that in, in a comedic format. And it was really, it was really entertaining. And to this day, if you watch it, you're like, you, like nowadays, you're like cr- even more cringy. But, you know, at the time... Well, I mean, think about, like, what Dave Chappelle did on yeah. his most recent, like, Netflix yeah. special. Yeah. But, like, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. 40, so... 40 years ago. With this particular story of Jojo Rabbit, which really attracted me, because I thought, like, the first time I saw the trailer, and they have, like, this little kid running through the forest, and Hitler's acting, like, really strange, and, like, jumping in the air, and he's, like, you know, they're, like, playing, and they're, like, thinking and singing, and they're doing all this stuff... You know, it's the story of basically a 10-year-old boy in Germany at the time of Nazism where it has reached a pinnacle where, like, it's like they had the whole the whole Hitler youth and the whole Nazi youth thing going on, and they had these younger people really getting into this. and But it was also at the same time where older people were thinking, like, you know, Hitler is a nut job, you know? So this kid, he's 10 years old. And his imaginary friend that he's created because he's so indoctrinated by the Nazi propaganda is Hitler. And that's who he makes into his imaginary friend. 
Go ahead. What do you, that's what you think. You're, you're lying. <laughs> I mean, Hitler is an interesting imaginary friend. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's an interesting it's an interesting subcontext to think about it, you know what I mean? And for him to approach it with his humor and the style like, that he does. Yeah, I mean I feel like he's kind of mixing like Hitler with um Bugs Bunny exactly, in a way. Yeah. And that's that works amazingly well mm-hmm. comedically. Like to to take Hitler that that should be like this this whole demon or demonized thing and rightfully so, but you know, making him out to, to be like this silly thing and, and kind of like downplaying it to a point where like you know it's it's something that that should have been realized at the time that wasn't yeah. and this kid and all of his his um his innocence kind of saw that and yeah yeah you know this is just silly on the way that things are playing out and i think that it's important that you know people that watch especially younger generations too can contextually see this and take away those points you just talked about josh and they got some good people in this too. Like you got Sam Rockwell's in it, and you got Rebel Wilson's in it as well. So I think they got a good cast. And I think that you know, and like I said, uh, uh, Takeda's or well, you know, Taka Waititi. Can we, can we call him something else? Is that can pronounce? Yeah. T T T T W. Yeah. T actually plays Hitler in it too. Like I said before. Yeah. So it's like it's a very. I just don't know how it's going to be received. People are going to be offended. Yeah. You think? Uh, yeah. Well, why? People are so easily offended now. What do you? It's impossible to just not offend anybody. Do you think it's going to be like more of a like a Twitter type of thing where like people are going to go and outrage, and then like the average Joe is going to actually enjoy it to where I'll like still make money? Yeah. Or do you think that it's going to be like an actual like it will bomb because people are going to be? Well, let's ask so a question because both you guys are young, well under twenty, so. I mean, how would you two take something like that? I mean, what's your perceptions? Uh, it sounds hilarious. I feel like it would be very funny. But yeah. I can also see that certain people, not certain people, some people would be upset that it's being downplayed. Okay. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, there's still, there's still people from the Holocaust that are surviving. So, yeah, you yep. can definitely see it could yeah. be that way. And, I mean, that's something to think about, too. But, I mean, again, I, I, I think that it's going to hit a spot. It, you know what? This is one of those things. Like All we have is trailers right now, right? So we don't know what the movie's going to be. We don't know how it's going to be handled. I do real, I did hear, and, and what I read, is that the Hitler presence like is up front in the beginning, and it kind of tapers off, and you don't see it as much. So I don't know if it kind of like is u- utilized to set a premise... And then it kind of like fades away a little bit. And then you go through the development of the 10-year-old kid. And you see how he handles that whole indoctrination type of thing. I don't know if that's what's going to happen yet. But I think, you know, how he handles it will be very interesting. And I think in the hands of him, though, it's going to be... He's going to be able to take something that I think is so polarizing and so disturbing to a lot of people and do what Mel Brooks did to it. And I think that he is, yeah. in a way, almost... And I can, this is a strong stretch, Josh, and so anybody correct me, but I think it's like I, he can almost be like kind of a new Mel Brooks. Yeah, I think you know? I think it will probably work for him. Like, if you would have taken the same thing like a year ago, mm-hmm. I would say that it probably would have crashed. But like with the... the like we mentioned earlier with the... the um, uh, What's his name? The the comedian that did the Netflix. Uh, Chappelle. Chappelle. Yeah, Chappelle. He did the um, special, and he was it was very much like the same type of thing, where like you know he was 
making forever everybody and trying to push the PC thing back. Right. So I think it probably works now. Um, it, you know, as we slip out of this cancel culture yeah. like type of thing that we're mm-hmm. in. Um, but you know, I, I, timing is definitely key to this, and I think that they're probably giving it the right timing yeah. for it. So. Um, yeah, it would probably work better in like a year from now. Um, it'll probably be like a cult type of thing to where so this it'll, it'll is, do I, better. Thank you. On what you just said DVD is exactly what I'm thinking. I think this movie streaming. will see its due, not at the cinema. It's going to see its due on Blu-ray and DVD. And it's going to become more of a cult classic. And it's going to become more of one that can be looked back on and say, hey, you know, this is a, this really, you know, I, I think you're gonna, what you're going to get first is going to be the initial Hollywood take. Yeah. And that's going to be the general, how good were the actors? How, you know, what was the premise of the movie? Blah, 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 And things like that. But then I think when people dig a little bit deeper into this, it's like, you know, like Thor with Ragnarok. That movie was really good. Yeah. It was really, really, well really good. Did you guys see that? That's I did. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything I want out of a Marvel movie. Yeah. It, 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 what, what did you like most about it, though? Well... First of all, I like Thor the most out of all yeah. of them. He's the coolest. Um, I liked how they used the characters. I mean, yeah. they they didn't rely solely on one person. They roped in other people, which I think is really key for Marvel at that point and pretty yeah. much still. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with obviously the Avengers movies. Yeah. Des, what do you think? Uh, I liked how separated it was from like the rest of the series because it is like it's pretty lighthearted. Like yeah. there's, there's the serious problem, of course, but it's still very funny and yeah. it's different from the movies that would come after infinity war and Endgame. Yeah. And exactly. I, I find it refreshing. Yeah. Now, do you think that it, this is what I took. I, I think it exposed more dimensions of those characters and it brought them more to life. Yeah. And it's like, we knew them as Thor. We knew the Hulk. Right. But it actually, to me, it, it exposed us to like deeper meaning for mm-hmm. those individuals. Yeah. So and, here, here's what works with Taika Waititi and this, and, and leading up to this is what I gather in talking about um, Jojo Rabbit is that <clears throat> Taika Waititi took something that was very Shakespearean esque. Yeah. In the previous two films, it was very much like a tell of Hamlet, um, and then you you take that and you kind of flip it up on his head and you make it like a you make it more so comedy yeah. than anything else. Like, a, like not a comedy as in like the Shakespearean comedy, but a comedy as in like slapstick. You know, it was. It it's was not very, tragic. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It was. It was very much like like modern day comedy. Yeah. It was. Um, and he's able to do the same thing with like with Jojo Rabbit, and he's able to take a very tragic story and flip it on its head yeah. and provide some comedic value to along with context. Yeah. To the everything else because he did provide some context to. Yeah. Um, Ragnarok. Yeah. Well, and I think that what you just said, Josh, is what I'd like to think. I think this takes him out of what we know and what he's capable of doing Mm -hmm. with those characters, taking him to something we don't know at all, and is going to be able to take him. And I hope this is going to be a launching pad for him because this guy's super, super talented. In my opinion, he brings like almost like a um, a uh, a Quentin Tarantino type of change to movie making yeah and I think that it's not I mean Quentin Tarantino his movie making obviously was way more in your face this one is more cerebral 
You know what I mean, in a sense, than what you see with what you have. But don't get me wrong, Quentin still has a lot of meaning behind what he does. And that's what makes all the violence in his stuff work, because of the meaning. But I think that this is definitely going to be something that hopes, that moves him. I mean, I think he's... I mean, he's well-respected, and he's well up there. This is going to push him that much further if this works. And I just want people to accept this and think it's going to be a good movie, because I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be good. We'll definitely keep covering it as as it gets closer to release, and we'll give a review after it's been released. What else you got for other news? And we'll... Well, when we do review it, we'll give Grayson's one point bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like with uh, yeah, with uh, Lion King, Lion King, and, yeah, and Soulless, the, Soulless. So the second one that I wanted to talk about was Apple TV. Obviously, they're coming out right now. You guys are really the all the streaming services are going to start launching in uh, November around that time. October, frame. November, yeah. October is like you have Disney Plus coming out and all that type of stuff. Well, Apple TV is doing their thing too. It's going to be like four ninety nine. And they're they're hinging all of their basically they're they're basically going all in on Jason Momoa. Which hey, uh, listen, if I had if I was a betting man, I was a betting man, yeah. And I had like a, a you know hundred bucks to place over the craps table, yeah. And Jason Momoa was one of the options. I would probably place my butt my money on yeah. Jason Momoa too. What do you guys think of Momoa? Uh, you like him or you don't? Like him? I. I did watch the Justice League, and yeah. I haven't gotten the chance to watch Aquaman, but I didn't, like, I wasn't in love with his character. Okay. So yeah. I don't really have an opinion on Aquaman's it. Aquaman's completely different. I yeah, mean, you should watch Aquaman. Yeah. I think, I, think Aquaman. Would, I think it would help you fill out what you're missing, because don't get me wrong, I thought he was a hollow in, in that, what you saw. And I think that Aquaman fills in the voids that you probably need to have to round out that character. Because mm-hmm. well, I, it shows more yeah. of his like his chops. It shows, yeah. it shows some personality behind yeah. Jason Momoa as to where like yeah. you get Game of Thrones Jason Momoa and he was very hollow yeah. in that in the single character they played for a season on Game of Thrones, and then you yeah. get um, but you his, get but his character Justice in League Game of Thrones was just so. I mean, it was it was one dimensional. That's what he was supposed yeah. to be. They are one dimensional individuals. Yeah, so, absolutely, yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah, but so. you got some of the same stuff with Justice League, yeah. but then you get Aqua uh, Aquaman. Yeah, which is by the way is a far better movie than Justice yes. League. Yeah, Justice League's horrible. I mean, yeah. I, I no, I wasn't a Justice League fan, but yeah. Aquaman. I mean, you kind of expected the movie to be kind of goofy because it's Aquaman. Yeah. yeah, but I think he did really. He's a guy in green tights that writes seahorses. <laughs> well, first off, let's just be real. Let's just cut it like what it is, right? So, as a comic book reader, Aquaman was just one that, like, all, he was always the goofy dude. Always. I mean, he was. I mean, yeah, like, he was even in the Justice guy that made League, fun of. it's like you made fun of Aquaman. It's, you were, you were it's hard to sell Aquaman. It, and wrote, I think he did a good job filling that out. Exactly. Right. I agree with you. And I think that Aquaman was a great movie. So. I, I agree with that 100%. Because, like, like, if you go back to the cartoons and stuff, he's riding a seahorse and all that other BS. And it's like, you know, really, come on. Let's, let's not do this. That's not that. cool? No, it's not. So, but anyways, let's move on. But anyway, so Apple TV has Momoa. And they're doing this uh, episode. It's coming out on November 1st. And it's called Sea. Okay? And so, basically, this is the premise of it. It's futuristic. Okay? And uh, so basically what it is, it's in, a, it's in a futuristic world, and people at this point have lost sight due to some type of catastrophic whatever it might be, or a virus. I don't know what it is. I don't think I know if it's catastrophic as far as like a, 
like a like a bomb or if it's like some type of like a genetic type of thing or whatever it is. I'm not sure. But they've lost sight. However, Jason Momoa and whoever his wife is, I believe, they have children that have the ability of sight. Okay? So now the storyline basically stems from this. They have two children that have sight. Everybody else that, that, that lives in this world, they don't have sight. Okay? So there's warring factions. And the warring factions want to ensure that the people that can see don't exist. Because they have the power. Okay? Obviously, Jason Momoa's people do not have the power. It's somebody else that has the power. So they're trying to shut them down. So, like, if you watch the trailer, you can see, like, there's, like, some scenes where they're fighting and different things like that. And um, I think the premise is, is really interesting. I like the premise. The problem that I have with this, and I don't want to have a problem because I love Momoa, but, like, they show these people, and technically they're supposed to be blind, but they're fighting other people with bows and arrows and stuff. Now I'm thinking, if you have a bow and arrow and you can't see... Who are you shooting at? Okay. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe they're because they're they can't see their other senses are oh, enhanced. Okay. So it, like maybe they'd be able to hear them and spot where they e are. Echolocation. Right. Could be. Bad I don't people. know. You remember? So you remember the what was the Daredevils? Yeah. Well, so Daredevil is one example, but what was the Tom Cruise movie that he was in where he was a um, he was the the uh, investigator that was in the the minority report. No, no, the one that where he was the the military police officer or something like that. Um, modern day ask he he did, anyways he did one of those where there's this very minor character and if you look at the character you'd know him uh, the actor who played the character. Um, but he was this guy he was uh, stationed up on a hill and it was like the final big battle scene. But um, Tom Cruise was going into this this place and um, this character wasn't able to, to really see that well because it was at night and then there were there were like big field lights like what you would see on a baseball field or football field yeah. streaming down so he wasn't able to like really get uh, a grasp as far as like night vision versus like this and so he, he closed his eyes and like and heard and so he like does like the sniper shot thing and like while as ridiculous as that sounds it kind of works for it because you know this guy's been spending you know decades upon decades behind a rifle all right. And you okay. put the I, same thing. Okay, again, I, I can get on board, Josh. Yeah. I can get on board because I get it because they can play that angle. Yeah. And if they do it, and I think they're going to have to because they literally, like, part of the whole trailer is these people battling and stuff. So they have to be able to flesh that out a little bit early on and say, hey, this is what's going on. But the bottom line, the story basically is factions overarching controlling faction wants to take out the children with sight because the sight's going to bring more to the environment and civilization and, and bring them forward. So, anyways, Moa said, and and they kind of paraphrased what he said and tried to like make it into more than what it was, but he said, this is going to be bigger than Game of Thrones. Take that for what it is. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, and no joke, no pun intended. We'll see. I don't know. So... <laughs> But anyways, interesting. I think it's nice that Apple's what was that called making again? an effort. It's called C. 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 You guys got to watch that trailer. It's really good. And um, again, it's um, the thing that, that, that that's hard to get in. I will pay four ninety nine to just see this. 
but Apple TV is not going to have the content in the back catalogs that you're going to see on Netflix and everything else. So I don't know how many people are going even to buy Disney into Plus, that. like with Disney Plus and yeah, but see Disney, but all the, they they own but, all the things and all the Fox things and yeah. you know, they'll be able to backfill everything. So I mean, you know, for four ninety nine, I don't know that's it's worth like brand new content. Until they start bringing out new content. Well, now, great, you and I will yeah. end up paying for it and watching. Yeah, it. I mean, I'll pay four ninety nine to watch. Yeah, I'll that. pay five I mean, bucks. To watch yeah, it. Hell yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, anyways, that's that, that's what's going on with Apple TV. Anyway, so anyway, so rumors now. So um, again, Keanu Reeves, whose career was resurrected on this podcast, as Josh <laughs> and I have talked about numerous times, as we've been around for six months, yes. and there has definitely not been any other kind of no. Keanu Reeves no. properties. Um, before the six months that have, has risen, risen them to the top. No, there has not been. However, you guys know Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course you okay. So right now, there's a power struggle Okay, between DC and Marvel. Yeah. Did you read about that? No. Okay. So uh, Wait, hold on. I did read the thing about DC wanting to go and revise his role as Constantine. Yes, yes. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be so cool because I tell you right now, Constantine and Josh, you can such tell me great, if you're tired of me talking about it. No, I, I completely I mean, agree. He's, he's such a great character. I think that the way that the DC movies are going yeah. versus the way that the DC app and the DC TV shows are going, it probably works better on something like HBO Max or the DC um, Universe app. But for when get something a little bit. But if you have the horsepower of a Keanu Reeves behind it, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I, mean, it would I be, think that, that's no. move. That's cinema. I mean, bro, that's theater quality. So we got that already once, right? And and it didn't do. It didn't live up to expectations. But that I would do have you for think? Let me ask you a question, though. So, do you think that what people know now and what people how they feel now about comic material and movies? If that movie didn't come out in 2005 and it came out like more recently, that it would be different. Because I think that the movie that they even put out in 2005 with a couple of tweaks, you're talking more along the lines of how it could compare with more of a Doctor Strange type of movie or something like that. Because Strange. With a couple of tweaks, yes. I with a couple, no, with a couple of tweaks. Don't yes. get me wrong. Yeah, a couple of tweaks. But then again, you didn't have. The knowledge that you have now in 2005. Yes. So then if, again. If, yeah. if DC can go through and learn from, granted they have learned, I would give you Aquaman and Shazam yeah. to yeah. say that they've, they're they beginning to learn. They're slower on the curve, but they're they're definitely beginning to learn yeah. what, what, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And so if they use that and they, they make a Constantine yeah. movie um, that's that's relevant to now, then, then yeah, they could probably. So I'd still be scared go. though. Yeah. I, I I don't really. I mean, it, it it has to it has to be executed so perfectly though. Yeah, exactly. I don't think DC could probably even if they have Keanu. I don't think they could probably do Constantine yeah. justice it, with the movie. Yeah, it's probably yeah. gonna come down more to writing. I mean, yeah. I watched I watched the other. I didn't even like the other one. Yeah, I yeah. Does what do you did you see Constantine? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Then you said so. I I will tell you that I loved and I will stand by this. And I can't. Be, I hate they canceled that. But the TV series of Constantine was fantastic, uh-huh. and it was just before, the guy they had. It was before its time, 
and it was just it, that should not have happened. So, anyways, there's a struggle right now. So there's a rush for DC to try to tie up Keanu to get him out of the Marvel universe, but the Marvel universe also wants to bring him in and get him into a character, right? So Josh and I have already talked about like what could they do with him, and again. They keep coming up with like, oh, the Silver Surfer and this and that. And we oh. talked about, like, I don't want Keanu to be the Silver Surfer. I want Keanu to be a character that's going to be able to be pulled into multiple different dimensions, multiple different times, multiple movies. In Silver Surfer, you kind of limit yourself. And I don't think that you're going to get what you need from Keanu. And, like, as cool as Silver Surfer is, I don't think you're going to get... You're wasting your... I think you're wasting a talent if you put Keanu as him. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You guys... Yeah. I yeah. feel like it'd be a better Constantine. Oh, I think it'd be a much better one. But so... But anyways, Marvel has nothing set for him, but Marvel will not that they're, let up on that they're That they're relating to us. That they're, yeah. So as far as... I think it could be like a, a rogue type thing where like Adam Warlock and then they've got Keanu Reeves as Adam Warlock mm-hmm. within the next Guardians movie. And that's fine. But then again, but but what can you like? How much further can you take Adam Warlock? And again, compared to Silver Surfer, you can go so much further, though, right? You can go much deeper. Yeah, just because of obscurity, right? Yeah. So I mean, you could definitely do a lot more with with Adam Warlock than you could Silver Surfer, just because yeah. nobody really knows the character um, based upon you know the 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 hype behind the character. Like we've yeah. got we've had movies with um, Silver Surfer, and so everybody's got this uh, expectation built up. In their heads, where you can kind of mold for the general audience, at least this this idea of what the the Adam Warlock should be, right? Sure. At least within your universe. Sure. I still think, to be honest with you, it'd be a waste. I think you, I think you need to put even him behind a higher caliber character than that, though. Uh, that's my opinion, though. Yeah. I think he. Needs what about to, Pro- Professor X? Uh, yes. He would be a really good professor. Yeah, he'd be good. But then again, he's not. But then again, I can't say that because I look at um, Stuart. The other guy is playing him right now, too. Um, oh, yeah, that guy? He got off a split. The split guy. They're both really good. I mean, obviously, X, Professor X with, with Picard is fantastic. But I think that... Um, I just think... I, I think we could do something more with him than that. I think he needs to be somewhere else. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he needs to be Moon Knight. I'm not saying that he needs to be in these Please. other things that are coming up. But yeah. he needs... There's something else that's bigger that I think that he's going to be able to have more influence on the continuity of Marvel if Marvel gets him. Because I'm telling you right now, this is this is a get, and this is a big get. And if DC gets him, that's going to change some things. You know what I mean? It's like they, well, I mean, it's not the first time that the characters went from DC to sure. Marvel. So I mean, it's I don't think there's anything relatively within contract that prevents them from doing. Well, I tell you right now, there will be. You don't think if he signs with if he signs with DC, DC's but not going to lock him up. Clear. They're going to lock him up and say you're not doing more. But yeah. if he were to come back and say no, I'm not doing that, is DC going to forfeit their chance with Keanu to have a proprietary um, placeholder on him? No. Then Keanu needs to talk to us. Then if he's going to make that type of decision. He needs to discuss this with us. We're we're happy to provide legal support. We are and uh, guidance. Matt and Josh. Yes. Law firm LLC, um, not actual law firms. In, this is not yeah. substituted to no. any type of no, none whatsoever. We don't have commercials. Nine 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 nine. We're not going to do that. 
But, you know, just so, I mean, you two are first time, or you're, this is your third time on the podcast, your first time, Des. So this is something that Josh and I have talked about ad nauseum with Keanu, because we talked about him before, um, and this was kind of like before the John Wick 2 came out, or John Wick 3, three came out, yeah, three. And, and things like that, and how he was starting to resurrect his career and bring it back, and yeah. he was starting to get bigger and bigger. And we talked about how he was maligned for some strange, bizarre reason. Not maligned, but he just wasn't doing anything in Hollywood. Yeah. And it made no sense to us because he was, he's a very talented guy, and he's a, definitely he's an internet darling, yeah. and people love him. And I mean, I love him, too. He's a great, he's a great actor. So we'll see how that goes. But um, those are the rumors on that anyway, so we'll move on. Well, just more. Yeah, no sure. What, I mean, Keanu Reeves is going to get people in seats. Yeah. Keanu Reeves will sell. Yeah. yeah. yeah Bought yeah. some seats. That's, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Keanu? Um, I don't really have an opinion. No? No. Okay. No problem. All right. So, anyways, the other thing that's coming out is the Watchmen trailer. Did you see yeah. the last Watchmen trailer? This Watchmen trailer looks really good. It explains some things. Yeah, explains some things. I mean, um, did you guys watch Watchmen, the, the old, Mm-mm. or the old? I wasn't movie? allowed. You weren't allowed? He was no. too young. <laughs> I don't know. So you guys are both too young. You couldn't watch that. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it was the it was a it was very um, classic to comic adaptation of it. Um, this seems like it's kind of following the same line, but it's it's given us more time to digest, and that's kind of what the first the movie needed is to to fit that within a two hour yeah. block, and that was kind of where that was lacking. I think it probably fits a little bit better in today's culture as well. Um. They're doing a lot of really cool stuff with it. I mean, obviously, we got Dr. Manhattan coming back. Um, we've got some uh, some context as far as Richard Nixon within that universe yeah. had abolished um, term limits. And then we had Richard Nixon and then another president, which is the president now, yeah. after Nixon died. And then he's, he's giving up his seat as president as yeah. we go into this. So... Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm really, really excited to see what they do with it. They're kind of giving, they're kind of playing both sides of the coin, which I really, really like. It's, yeah. it's giving. There's a challenge. You know, there's, there's a challenge. They definitely put a vigilantes challenge. Vigilantes have a good place and vigilantes yeah. have a bad place, right? Yeah. You're giving the police force basically a vigilante symbol underneath the guise of the state because they're all wearing masks at this point. We even have a guy wearing like a, a sheep's head or, yeah. or something like that, a cow's head. And so, um, and then you've got other vigilantes that are operating outside of yeah. the law, um, and those are deemed as criminals. But but who does? Who's the worst of the two evils? Right. right. So, um, or is there is one good, one bad? You know, and, and that's that's the, that's the crux of the Watchmen, though, right? That yeah. is very that much is the so. Crux of the, it, exactly so. how the Watchmen exists. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, and I think that uh, HBO is handling this. Very, very, very well so far, yes. based on trailers. Yes. So based on trailers. So I mean, that's a. I mean, that's coming out on uh, September tenth. So. Yeah. Or no, not September tenth. Yeah. No. Is that right? Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Yeah, it's it's close to there. I, I think it's like September tenth so or just, something along So there. the first episode should be out. Uh, maybe. Um, I'll, I'll look it up when I go into the next thing. So, anyways, all right. So the next one I have is kind of more obscure, but. But Margot Robbie, you guys know who she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, October 20th, by the way. October 20th, okay. Good. Oh, I'm sorry. The trailer dropped on 910. Yeah. That's probably. what it was. 
the last trail that is the last trailer yeah, that you got. Trailer. So you're gonna sue for Washman on that as nine ten. So Margot Robbie, right? So lover, obviously, as Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, there's no better. I mean, she is like, you know, when certain characters get into put into roles and you think, Oh my goodness, that is she is Harley Quinn in my opinion. Mm. I mean, you feel differently? No, I completely agree. She definitely she was like she fit the same. She fit that role as well as um, Heath Ledger fit the Joker. Oh, like a glove. Yeah, like you, a glove. Do you guys see? You, what do you think? Suicide Squad, as far as Margot Robbie's. Yeah, yeah, she was pretty good. Now, as much the movie, don't uh, take yeah, that. As, take if you look at her the movie performance as a whole, I mean. Yeah. Did you see Suicide Squad? I did. Yeah. Do you like it? I I did enjoy the movie, but I particularly did enjoy Margot Robbie. Is that her name? Yeah. I enjoyed her as Harley Quinn. Yeah. I did not like Jared. Jared Leto is horrible. Oh. God. I didn't like his Joker. His, he's he's a good yeah. actor. He's not the the writing in that was terrible. The yeah. idea behind the character was terrible. Yeah. What didn't yeah. you like about the Joker though? The character design was just so mm-hmm. like visually unappealing. Yeah. That's not what you think of when you no. think of the Joker. I think of I think of Heath Ledger. Heath, yeah. Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah. Walking Phoenix looks good too. Yeah. Oh well. Oh. <laughs> I'm very that's, excited about that actually. That is just that's. I've heard some bad things actually about that. So I to break away a little bit. Yeah, we'll, break that, away so a little we'll, bit. we'll let's just do it. That's what, what do you So got? What'd you the uh, Den of Nerds, Josh over the Den of Nerds, did a breakdown because you've seen the movie already. Um, he was talking about the Joker character, and um, he says that that existing away from Batman. It works a little bit differently. Like he he appreciates it for a character study that it is, but but isn't it also his genesis though? I mean, it's not like but this is before Batman. Like, but but the thing is that 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 Joker doesn't exist in a void. Batman kind of kind of brings this this lull out of out of the situation and brings these characters. So into, what you're saying is like these characters don't exist without Batman, and that's kind of the, the premise behind. Batman is is what what's the the word or what's the worst thing here that that Batman's here and all these characters exist and is that a thing or is there is there you know is there potential for these characters that exist See, without I, I, I can't I don't know if I can buy into that hundred percent because I, because all characters have to get to a point where Batman pays attention though so if you if you're just some whack job that's doing whatever and you know. You know, GPD can handle you, fine. But when you pass a threshold, which can, you can call it a bat line if you want to, <laughs> you know, and you get past that point, then of course Batman's going to be up on you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But to me, it's like if you're a lower lower tier guy and you're not there yet, you know, are you really? I, I just, see. I, no, I understand and I appreciate what the guy is saying because I can understand what he's saying. I, that he, like, like Joker's mojo can come from the, the whatever it is, the rub that he has with the, with the bat. Well, yeah. I'm saying, like, like Batman, Batman kind of defies this, this object of law and order because what, what you see before, um, before you have Batman is this, the, the GCPD, you've got, um, it's Gotham completely City it's completely and corrupt and it's, yeah. it's existing without the purpose that it was ex- existing for but with the bureaucracy in place 
you don't have any room for a, a, a character like Joker. It's not until Batman comes in and then kind of breaks that apart that you have the room for a character like Joker and the gangs to exist. See, that... I cannot buy... I mean, I'm not going to discount him. He's a good dude. Love, he's very knowledgeable, knows his stuff. I'm not going to discredit him at any stretch of the imagination, but in my opinion, as a Bat reader, and I feel I'm pretty well-versed in the Batman, that I think that there's still a point before you get on the Bat radar. Yeah. And, and that's just my opinion. But, I mean, I can see where he's coming from, and I can understand what he's saying, but I can still say that I think that it, it, it kind of lean. I lean a little bit more towards the other way. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I haven't seen what you're talking about, so I'd love to, I would love to see what he has to say, and I would listen to it more, and, and maybe could change my view. But, you know, Grayson, what do you think? You're a bat guy. Well, what Josh said makes sense, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I like he used the word character study. For the Joker. Yeah, I think I think as exists now, yeah. that's kind of what it is. But as but, exists now, though. But this is not about him existing now. No, but this is the how movie, about, the way that the movie exists, without them being, bringing in Batman, like what well, they, they do. Well, they won't. This is a yeah, scandal. This is like, this is in a box. That's, yeah. that's what they say now, but Warner Brothers, as soon as that money no, comes they won't. in. they We'll see what happens. You think? I, I think that, that it's if it, if it does as well as they're predicting it to do, that Warner Brothers will will tie their biggest character to that, and that right now that's Batman. Hmm. I I see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you agree though with the premise of what Josh was saying that, like where he's at in this particular movie, that Batman has more relevance or should have more relevance than what he does, because I think it's just. It's just so weird to see the Joker without Batman, you know? Well, of course, because that's, that's, we don't know him any other way. Mm-hmm. We don't know him any other way, right? Yeah. But, you know, you got to think when Batman was doing what he was doing, League of Assassins and training and all that other stuff he was doing, all that other, yeah. you know, all his business, there was no Joker. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how can you have Batman doing his piece... And then have and expect the Joker wouldn't be doing his piece, and I think that they can run congruently, and I think that if yeah. you want to have some type of influences that maybe rub back and forth early on, that's fine. But you know, I just I, I don't know. I, I struggle with that a little bit. I mean, I can appreciate the. I can that's appreciate kind of what we argument. had like whenever it originally came out was like the the idea of how would this work without. Mm-hmm. The bat, and it, I mean, granted, I, like it, I'm a lot like more hopeful. Though. Yeah, I'm a lot more hopeful now as the you know the way that they presented it as a character study, and it, it seems more like Taxi Driver and those types of like Scorsese films, yeah. to where we get we get a very good um, version of a of a character study where they really d- dive deep into. And don't get me wrong, into, this is how this guy ticks. If this really resonates. And it really becomes what he is. Yeah. And moving it forward. And and this is... And I, oh, God, I can't even say this without just like a little bit of vomit in my mouth. But if Pattinson actually makes Batman happen, <laughs> okay? If he makes Batman happen in this first movie, and then you can, then you can somehow blend these two together, then that would be just 
outstanding. If if I mean haven't seen it, have not seen any, have not seen the movie yet. If Joaquin does what Joaquin does, and I can tell you his character work is phenomenal. If he does what he's gonna what I think he's gonna execute in this, and then you and if he pulls off Batman, and then you get to a point where you can put these two together. Then you're talking about an opus there. That's going to be really something to see. Yeah. It's really something to see. I mean, when I first heard they're making a Joker movie, mm -hmm. this was around the time... What was the last DC movie that was... Shazam. Shazam. I love Shazam. Did you like it? I liked Shazam. I, I liked Shazam yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, what did you guys like about Shazam? Um, I mean, Billy as a character, I think it was well done. It was funny. Yeah. yeah, it was funny. And it was realistic that he yeah. was childish because he's a child. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. It wasn't think, super dark, you know? I, yeah, what I like, too, is that this is DC's, I think, great choice to have a character to be able to move DC into more of that comedic sensibility that Marvel has. Yeah. And I think Shazam was the right character to do it with. Yeah, and then you put Zach behind it. Oh, Zach did oh, he's a fantastic, fantastic job. Yeah, he's really, As really the, good. the, you know, the childish, like, like, you're, the yeah. same thing that, that um, Tom Hanks did in Big. Yeah. He definitely, like, accomplished that within yeah. Shazam. Yeah. But, anyway, so, when I first heard they were making a Joker movie, I was like, this is gonna be terrible. Because this is like, I saw Justice League, I was basically yeah. just in a state of why? Why even make a DC movie? <laughs> make another one. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're going to ruin the Joker now? Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, over time, I mean, Shazam came out. I'm not saying that, like, Aquaman and Shazam are, like, super high levels of, like, cinema. They're, they're not angry. They're, they're good. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. They yeah. definitely exists on a curve there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but, like, to take a character like the Joker after you've Iconic. given me such crap. Yeah. Like, the Justice... I. I just hate that movie so much. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's not good. I mean, now I'm starting to think though. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. I think he'll deliver. I have faith. I, yeah. I I'm scared to say I have faith because I'm ah. still skeptical. Ah. But you never know. I mean, I think it's gonna do well no matter what. I think it's obviously. pointing. I think it's pointing in the right direction. So. Yeah. All right. Well, back on topic then. So anyway, so we're talking about Margot Robbie, and uh, so. Um, I think, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that she went out and she got the rights to this movie or this comic too, which is called Tank Girl, and it's a it was a movie. This was released back in '95. Yeah, so Tank Girl was originally played by the same girl. You, you watch um, Laura Petty. Yeah, you watch Orange the New Black, right? Yeah. She plays like the crazy conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Blonde, um, buzz cut chick. Yeah. On Orange is the New Black. Yeah. That's the original Tank Girl. Right. And she did she did a pretty good job on the original. You like that movie? I thought it was like it's a cult classic. It exists in a field of its own. Dude, it was horrible. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Really? Yeah. Were you high? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my god, that was so what bad. Day, what did I see that on? I don't know. Okay, so the only redeeming quality of that movie, and this is even like taking something and stretching it extremely thin was Malcolm McDowell. That movie was so bad and Ice-T was in it too, if you forgot that. Yeah, I forgot so, Ice-T was in so it. So Ice-T was in it too. It, it, it didn't do well. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. It, it was horrible. And it was one of those things that's like, I mean, as a comic book guy, I never read Tank Girl. I don't think it even had a long run. 
I but, think Kevin Smith has brought it back up, and he's doing like a new tank. Oh, well, I hope so because, anyways. But the bottom line is that Margot Roby, she's she's pushing for this, and she's going to be um, trying to move this forward or whatever, get a project, and she's going to be Tank Girl. And I can definitely get on board probably with that because basically Tank. All right, so if you don't know Tank Girl, so let me just break it out for you real quick. Again, it's always post-apocalyptic. Whatever the apocalypse... You never know what the apocalypse was, but it always happens. So it's post-apocalyptic, right? And again, it's all about battling for water. It's about the water resource is what it really is about. And she obviously has a tank, and she then battles to try to get control of the water resources, things like that. And it just... The first one was so bad. I just... I, I can't say enough. I mean, I can't even... I mean, I wouldn't even rewatch that. I mean, there's things that I watched back then, like thinking, "Oh, I'd rewatch it." That no, it just even like watching. I'm like, "Why am I watching this?" You know. And so I hope that if they can breathe some life into this, fine, revive it, bring it back out. We can probably with nowadays what we have with CGI and everything else, we can probably do a lot more with it. So, anyways, that's out there. Anyways, just 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 putting it out there. And, and don't get me wrong, I think that. Uh, um, it was a product of, like, you know, the 90s. And it was still trying to get its footing in the in the superhero universe and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it came around the yeah. same time. That, like, it came out around, like, after Rocketeer. Yeah. And, you know, those types of things. But, like, before we saw Daredevil with Ben Affleck yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, it was, it was um, in a period where... And even then, we still like, had a hard time, like, Yeah, even that. then, yeah. So, yeah. anyways... That's done. That's done and over with. So we'll see what happens with that. I hope I hope it turns out right. I think if she's attached to it, I think it'll turn out good. Um, one of the other things I want to talk about real quick, and I'll move quickly with this through too, is Paramount, um, which Josh, I mentioned this earlier today, is I'm, I'm starting to see a trend with uh, Paramount trying to buy up properties, um, comic book properties. And yeah. So they're they're buying up uh, variant Valiant, right? Yes, Valiant a lot of Valiant stuff. So now, yeah. where's where's the Bloodshot run on that? Because we talked about Bloodshot on the podcast before. And see, Blood, is, yeah, Bloodshot's still Variant. It's not Bloodshot has not been purchased by Paramount yet. Paramount has purchased Harbinger, which is basically kind of like the Variant's version of the X Men in a sense. It's like this philanthropist kind of guy builds this thing and you know has all these special mutant type power people that come in and there or whatever i don't know it i don't read variant so i don't know as much about it as i should but bloodshot is the vin diesel movie that's coming out yeah within i think what two years or a year and a half yeah it's like a year and a half two years yeah. there's um i don't know when the filming schedule is but yeah yeah they're, it's they're coming up but anyways the intent schedule. was eventually to have a crossover between these two movies. Obviously, Vin Diesel brings people in, gets people involved, and then, then they will bring that character, blend him over with them. But now the issue is is that if Vin's movie's not part of Paramount, they've taken away the main crux that this character could go into, and it's not going to happen. So, again, I don't know what Paramount's going to do. They may very well buy Bloodshot. Who knows? I don't know. But we'll see. As we yeah. go along. Well, I just think it's interesting to see. Look at Paramount. They're like, they're out there like grabbing the gar- grabbing what's left. Yeah. You know? So, good for them. 
Yeah, and we do have friends of friends of Valiant yeah. Comics. So if you want to hear more about that, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, and share that out because you know the more that people that the more notoriety that we can get to that, we definitely have strings to pull on specifically uh, Valiant Comics. Exactly. And, yeah. Especially um, with Bloodshot too. Yeah, Bloodshot especially. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll 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 keep on covering it, but um, we'll try to pull some strings and try to get some more information. So- yeah, some some, some definitive information that we can definitely bring with you guys. So, anyways, that's it. That's all I got really new news wise. That those are the type of things that I saw out there that were interesting to me that I thought could cool. be, worth, be worth sharing and so forth. And um, you know, that's it. That no, we're not going to go on to other stuff. So I got one quick piece of news that I'll cover really quick because I don't want to talk about it anymore because we talked about two exhaustium and there's nothing official out. But there have been rumors that. Um, Sony's came back to Disney with a deal for Spider-Man um, to include um, the uh, the um, Venom character, and mm-hmm. that uh, they're they're agreeing to Sony's thirty percent that they had said before. So as of right now, supposedly that sits at, at Disney's um, doorstep, and we're waiting on confirmation from Disney and then an announcement after that. So. Um, they that's are still moving, speculation, they're, but they're moving ahead. That Venom movie, the second they Venom are, movie is yes. moved, that is moving ahead. So yes, uh, currently mm-hmm. that is moving ahead. So is Morbius, and yep. the rumors have been that Tom Holland has been on set. Yep. Um, for reshoots to be able to film Morbius um, cameos. So um, so good. That's good. Yes, because we want that Morbius. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, Jared Leto is Morbius. Does pique my interest. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, you guys have any other type of things you've heard about recently in new news that you want to share? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Uh-huh. Um, I would like to say that the um, the movie you or the series you brought up with um, Aquaman. I yeah. can't remember his name. Um, I Mama. read something that one. Yeah. Um, I follow a page on Instagram. It's like writing prompts. And I saw a writing prompt almost identical to that. Oh, really? Yeah. It was um, something tragic happens. Everyone in the world suddenly can't see. But the um, protagonist one day just gains the ability to see. And like there's like writing on the walls. Don't tell them you can see. Because like, insinuating that something bad would happen. Right. And it reminded me of that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. You know what? They're probably... Something's happened. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're trying to get a script out of you. Yeah. So, do you contribute? You're not saying? I'm not saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, She's got like again, if you want representation, com- come to the come to the law offices of <laughs> Underwood and Liston. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get 999. And we'll get you nothing. So. <laughs> Underwood and Liston are not paid Facebook friends. <laughs> nor legal attorneys please right. do not contact us for yeah. any legal advice exactly we will give you our advice yes but no. not legal advice exactly ask keanu yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really cool thing though i mean what you just said though to, to have those kind of prompts to come out and be able to to get people i mean is that something that you saw on what would you see it on instagram, instagram? They, the page it um people can send them writing prompts so okay. that these people come yeah. up with prompts and you can see a whole bunch and if you see one you really like you can write a whole story about it yeah and they'll post people's stories occasionally yeah. um some are long like 
pages and pages. Yeah. And then others are just an Instagram comment. Well, let me ask you a question then. Have you actually responded or written anything? Um, I haven't yet, but I have thought about it. Have you written anything and not submitted it? I don't think so. No? Okay. I don't take advantage of their um, writing prompts very often, but yeah. that's because I have so many ideas. Well, there. yeah, I understand. Um, Grayson, hmm? you write all the time. You need to be getting on that page and start feeding some stuff in there. Sir, yes, sir. Okay. I'll send it your way. Reddit. That's right. <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. All right, yeah, Josh, we need to get on Instagram. We've got uh, Seth. Seth is big on Instagram. Mm -hmm. He's got like a system worked on Instagram yeah. that works really well for him. Yeah. So we need, speaking of Seth, though, I think we should have him back, back on. on. Yeah, especially uh, with Mandalorian yeah, coming out. Let's um. Well, let's do the first episode of Mandalorian, then bring Seth back. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, I think so because so, I cannot wait for that. I mean, oh my God, we've talked about that so much. Grayson's probably sick of me talking about it too, but every day you come home from work. I know. What, what, One day closer to Mandalorian, Grayson. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you know this. Yes, I'm happy to see you too, Father. Yeah. But but listen, more important things. One day closer to Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. What's your take, though, Grayson, on that? Uh, it's going to be cool. I yeah. mean, no doubt it's going to be cool. You're not as excited as me. I, just, I need to wait and see. You're waiting. I'm see. excited that I can't, Favreau's behind it. I can't mm. get excited about something until I watch it. Yeah. I, I just so, I find it hard. I'd, I'd heard a rumor that uh -oh. Favreau uh -oh. is positioned to be taking play or taking um uh oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Um who's the god godfather over Marvel right now? Um why am I blank? I've got a i I've got a headache starting to come on. What's um Feige. He's no, he's playing Kevin today. Feige. Feige's, Feige's place Feige's looking to move up into the next um, seat that's above Feige right now. So he's, he's looking to move from Marvel to Disney proper. Mm -hmm. And then um, underneath him is going to be most likely Favreau. Oh, my God. Feige spot. That would be so sweet. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I love them both. Yes. I love them both. But I the one we, person that could take yes. take Feige's spot, I believe, yes. is probably Favreau. And, and, and I... I don't want to say this out loud, but I actually think he would give us what we want more. I think I think Feige's probably fighting to give us what we want, but I think the the t duo of but those two working get, together. But, but if we can get him in the better position to fight for yes, more, I yes, then I think that we got we got a two prong approach that's going to give us what we want. Then. Yeah. No, I agree. Yep, it's good stuff. So, so where do you where do you sit on Star Wars? You like Star Wars? Um, I have. I own the books. I haven't really taken a crack at them yet, and I've seen bits and pieces. But, okay. I'm not very avid in it. And uh, okay, okay, fair enough. We'll have to educate you. Don't worry. We'll have a long session of about what is it? Uh, about ten hours. Yeah. And um, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're pretty bad. We're we're actually uh, Josh and I both are very. Um, very much into the Star Wars universe in a very deep, very, very deep way. So we, um, we definitely appreciate it. And, um, that's why, you know, again, I'm, I'm waiting for the Mandalorian. can't wait, but, um, anything else that's coming out, it looks good too. The new Star Wars shows are great. And, um, you know, again, I'm still, uh, as I mentioned before, I think too, I'm on the second book of Thrawn. And, um, again, I, I can't stress enough for folks to read, any type of material that fits in the canon of Star Wars because it truly fills in so many gaps 
and it gives you such a more robust understanding of what's going on in the Star Wars universe. And it provides such a level of um, depth that you don't you don't normally get. Yeah. And I think that you know anytime you read something, it's so much different. It adds so much more complexity to the characters. And like, you know, I, I hate to interrupt you, but Phasma, the yeah. Phasma, it was what short yeah. five five comics. Yeah. It made it made me like the character ten times more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at first, oh, she's yeah. a special stormtrooper, right? Yeah. And then you go and you actually read the comics. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, to learn more about her. That and was so good, wasn't it? Though. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love the. I love. I love those type of tight uh, six, five, six shots. Type. You can deal. keep up with them. I. I, yeah. I just, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I and, I, and honestly, I can't talk. I. I my comic guy's probably gonna. He. Uh, right. I. I, yeah. I owe him at least a hundred dollars. Yeah, at right. least because yeah, if he's if he still holds my books in my bag. Because I feel bad. I haven't been there in forever, and I feel really bad. And I know, Grayson, you're mad because you want the dark those visions. dark visions. Yeah. Dark visions, which we talked about before. Oh, those are so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think of those? I mean, we I talked about them just briefly. I mean, I mean, obviously, you can't go wrong with Darth Vader. No. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that what's interesting in those is that they're just basically it, it is a collab. It, it's like a sh- it's like a longer run. It's like I think it's, I don't know how long the run is. It's not a huge run, but each each story puts Darth in a different situation, yeah. and it exposes him into different scenarios that, as you're reading it, you're thinking, you think you know Darth? You would never see this stuff in the movie. You, you would know? never see this in the movie. Never in a movie. You're completely correct. But... What I like about it is that they put him in those scenarios. It's like, you, what would Darth do, right? And it's like yeah. some of those, like like we talk about the what ifs, right? The what yeah. if thing. So it's the same type of thing they're doing with this this the dark vision stuff, and it's really an interesting concept. And it's like you, you read it and you're thinking, oh Darth, I mean, what's he gonna do? Half the time he does what you think he's gonna do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is just I think basically it's an interesting just move like... on, you know. I think it's an interesting yeah. like character building moments where they're able to mm-hmm. provide a bit more context where you know you've got the Darth Vader this turn, yeah. but then he's he's turning to like come through once that he's gotten over to the other side of the fence he's realizing the grass isn't necessarily yeah as yeah. green as he once thought it was yeah and he's able to it's able to appeal more to the light side of him yeah but that's the whole thing that's the whole dynamic of, the, of Darth though right yeah. and it's always that the struggle it's even always... teenage angst of dark Darth yeah, Vader exactly even yeah. if he does exactly what you're think you're thinking he's gonna do mm-hmm. it's still highly entertaining because first of all you can say I called that yeah and I mean it, it's not hard to predict what he'll do because I mean you know the character yeah you do but you always but think but you do think, it but is you... different than like thinking what would Darth right. do but you think when you're reading that he has a choice and the, you think he's going to make the choice that you think he's going to make. But he never, he never does. <laughs> he never does. So, because you always want him to be, you always, I don't know, I always want Darth to redeem, you know, in a sense. <laughs> you know, in a sense, I do. But anyways, moving on. What do you got, Josh? What are we going on to? We're going on to this Broadway trend. So we've got... We've oh, got Broadway trend. Cats. In your house. We've got, um, we had Lady Miz that came out not too long ago. Yeah. We've got... Yeah, it seems to be there. There's definitely a trend. There's there's another one that's coming out too. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but they're um, definitely going. West Side forward. Story. We talked about West Side Story. Yeah, yeah, that's what we talked about. Yeah. I gave it one of these. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, you gave you gave like cast. 
The granted cats, like, I would like to go... Dude, take, dude, come I would on. like to go drop dude. some acid and then go watch the cats. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, that is the creepiest... Tra- okay. You guys seen the trailer for Cats? Yeah, I have. And what do you, does? What do you think? As a as a musical connoisseur, personally, I think that the musical of Cats is in itself an acid trip. Okay, because thank of the you. Alone. Yes, it is. But okay. the music is so beautiful, and it's a great musical. But in the movie, they could have just kept the Broadway costumes. They did not have to do that soulless. Awful CGI. Oh god, so it's oh. and from from but but from what I've seen, um, all of the music is good and the, the choreography mm-hmm. and the sets are great. Yeah. So I'm optimistic about everything but the CGI. Okay, okay. Master Grayson. Um, well, I mean, I saw the musical. I had the privilege of seeing the musical. You did. I I made you see it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm not a huge musical person, so I can't speak. I've only seen, like, two or three. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I, I liked the two other ones I saw, but Cats was just creepy to me mm-hmm. as a musical. What was your favorite that you saw? A Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. We watched it on YouTube yeah. in music class. Yeah, yeah, but, that's really good. I, I mean, love the Phantom of the Opera, personally. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite, I like but... Opera. What's your favorite? <sighs> if they were doing an opera film right now, what... What first well, of all, well, answer well, your opera favorite or yeah, which favorite? And then um, at the moment, I think my favorite isn't an actual um, Broadway film. It's off Broadway uh, called Heather's. Mm-hmm. It uh, follows on the movie. Uh, it does follow the storyline of the 1989. I want to say mm-hmm. um, Heather's, but it does have there are differences along with the music, which is amazing. Um, the cast is their voices are gorgeous. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I didn't know they even did that, though. I mean, yeah. I find that amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that Heather's turned to a The musical. entire soundtrack is on Spotify. Oh, wow. Yeah. Check it out. Who's, um, any names that we might know that would be in? I don't think so. Who, do you know who wrote it or anything, or? I, I could look, but I don't I, know. I, I, I'd look it up, but. Um, so, so a Broadway or off-Broadway production that's currently being done that hasn't been adapted from a movie or to a movie um, what would be the easiest to be able to adapt to the, the cinema um, type of complex? I would assume something like The Waitress, um, which is... Now, realize... Okay, Des, just so you know, when you say these names, you have to give us a complete description yeah, yeah. of what this is because okay. you're literally talking to two dudes that have... Uh, three uh, dudes. Yeah. Maybe Grayson might You could name like Hamilton. It. I don't have like yeah. a big idea. Okay. But I have an not. entire thing on Hamilton. I okay. Well, it's anything. let's talk about it. That's, that's what okay. So about. Hamilton is. It came out in 2015. Yeah. And it has been popular since. It yeah. hasn't stopped running. And it's selling, been selling out still. Yeah. It's yeah. completely sold out like with three casts yeah, and a tour. Yeah. So that is amazing. And I like that how how Lin Manuel Miranda he calls for a diverse cast because he says it's. Um, the story of yesterday told mm. by the people of today, kind of. Uh, it's, okay. it's something along those lines. I didn't know. I didn't know that they did, that they did that. Did you? Yeah. I knew that about the diverse thing, but I didn't know a reasoning behind it. Oh, okay. Um, That's I mean, very poetically put, but yeah, I don't know that I grasp any like type of meaning behind it. But I, I, I get like if, the way that I pull it from that, I, I would I would agree. But yeah. 
I didn't know he did that, but anyways, that's cool. When casting, they do typically call for people of color. There okay. are a few um, white people in the cast, uh, to my knowledge, mm-hmm. but they're mostly pe- people of color. Okay. Um, that's all I have to say on that. Okay. But um, the waitress, it's it follows um, a bunch of waitresses, wait, waitresses clearly, but. Um, I'm not sure is it, is it, what time frame is it in? Don't know. I'm not sure. It's it they can be really timeless. They're waitresses time, yeah, in an old right. diner. Um, it's based on the 2007 film The Waitress, written by Adrienne Shelley. Apparently. Yeah, I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember that coming out. Okay. That was um. It 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 got a lot of really good praises. It was it had um. Oh, what was her name? No, the counter <laughs> He should have been in it. <laughs> wasn't it the girl from Spider-Man? Like the... Oh, the, um... um was it? The, no, no. Like the original, like, Tobey Maguire oh. Spider-Man. Like, the girl who played MJ in there. Um, oh, with the tooth? Yeah, the tooth. The girl that... Um, by that the way, I feel horrible. When I don't know people, I go by these things that I notice. The tooth. And it wasn't. It doesn't look like it was. Um, somebody completely different. Uh, yeah, okay, so Josh was off on that one. Again, yeah, no, we're I challenged on our moves. As I usually am. But um, oh, it was uh, Carrie Russell was the girl that. Played. Oh, okay, okay. That's Kurt Russell's daughter, right? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I re- I definitely recognize her from like many many different things, but. Like, obviously, if I put a picture up in front of her, or in front of you of her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's, um, yeah, she's got that little buncle on her, on her lip. God, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> also. No, seriously, she, she's from, um, the, uh, Russian spy show. Um, oh my goodness. The Americans? The Americans. That's it. The That's Americans. the one that I recognize her from. Yeah. And no one, okay, all right, I'm not calling her out. She's fantastic, actually. She's phenomenal. The Americans, by the way, watch great, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. 80s, like they cover the 80s, like nobody's business, everything's right. But she does have this little bunker right in the middle of her lip. And I'm just saying, I'm just, it's distracting sometimes. Just saying. If that's the only problem, she's a fantastic actress. She's really good. (laughs) She's phenomenal. And that, and the, I mean, I can't, I mean, you guys haven't seen The Americans. Did you see The Americans? Yeah, I love The Americans. Oh my God, that's so, such a great show. It's a good show. You guys got to watch it on Netflix. So, but anyways, um, but yeah, but I, I think she, maybe she, okay, maybe I'm wrong. She may not be related to Kurt Russell, but, <laughs> yeah. but anyways, Kurt Russell's pretty cool though. <laughs> Just for the record. But anyways, back to musicals. So what else you got? I had, um, there, speaking of movie adaptions, there's, um, based on the 1988, um, Movie directed by Tim Burton, Beetlejuice the musical. Yeah, yeah. I have actually heard so excited. I've seen clips of the main cast, um, Sophia something playing Lydia, and then Alex something or other playing Beetlejuice. Okay, Des, just so you know, 
on this show, we yeah. know no <laughs> one's names. names. Uh, so basically, their first names are Sophia. And but Alex. do they have a mole or some type of something that we can identify them <laughs> or by? Or some other or show Do they have a tooth that sticks out or some type of something that we can identify? Yeah. They have one arm shorter than the other or something that we might be able to go with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sophia is a girl. I think she's. She looks a little younger than me, but yeah. she's. She's probably about my age. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just kidding you. You don't really... We do, yeah. Trust me, yeah, it's, it's, it's immaterial. We don't know their names. But the bottom line is what you're saying, though, is like... I mean, Beetlejuice, from, that's from obviously from the 80s. That movie, when it came out in the 80s, was the shiz. I mean, without a question. I mean, obviously, we had, it was Michael Keaton. There's, there's a ton of other people in it that are really good. And um, that movie really... I don't think that you guys probably know how impactful it was or how big it was. That movie was ginormous. It was huge. The cartoon was really big, too. Yeah, the the cartoon was huge. And uh, Keaton played a a fantastic... And again, again, because, well, anybody that can play Batman can play anything. So... (laughs) But anyways, um, regardless, it was a really good movie. And um, to your point, though, taking that to the stage... Is, is, is an interesting like intersection too because it's like how do you take something that's so iconic and then be able to well they're not so they're they're taking they're taking the film um, they're, but they're so also, it's not the same story they're not adapting necessarily just the film they're adapting you, the okay, film hold on a second and how do you know this uh, Kevin Smith okay so it, the the Kevin Smith um, Fat Man Beyond podcast they, did something okay, hold on they a covered it so the Fat Man Fat Man on Batman, which has became the Fat, Fat Man, Man Beyond, Beyond, yes, has now is covering musicals. They're covering the Beetlejuice musical. Was he bored? No, he's friends with the the director ah. or the writer. Okay, of it. So, and I'm not discounting Des your love of musicals. I'm just wondering why. Yeah, because do you know who Kevin Smith is? Oh, I think so. Do you know Kevin? Well, you know who Kevin Smith. Uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Clerks? Maybe. Do you know uh, Jay and Silent Bob? So, Zach and Marie. Make Zach, a yeah. Well, that's a little inappropriate. But, um, <laughs> it's a movie. Like. I know. Um, I'm trying to think, what, what would she know her know her from? Do you know... Um, Yoga Hosers? Yoga Hosers? No. Red State? No. no, yeah. She wouldn't know either, like, the off-brand. No. Um, yeah, she doesn't know Jan Sonnenbaum. That's no. pretty much... Like, we'll we'll have to educate you a little bit on that one. Um, yeah. It, it's, it, that's so interesting, though. You know? Yeah, there's definitely like a generational divide on that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so so he's friends with the the writer. Yeah. He talked to the writer about how I don't know if it was him or Mark Mark Bernardin. I think it was Mark Bernardin more so that talked to the writer of yeah it was because it was Mark Bernardin because he went to New York with his family and they went to go see or talk to him and see the musical as it was coming on like an early screening or viewing of it and um, they. Uh, they talk to him and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm not doing the direct adaptation of the movie. It's I'm doing the movie and everything that exists around it, which is the cartoon and everything else. And then that's sprung a sequel to the Beetlejuice. So they're do- they're doing a Beetlejuice sequel now as Ooh. well. Wait a minute, hold on. So the musical is the sequel or no, not no, no. the sequel? It's not the, the sequel. What, it's what's the, the musical then? The musical is the adaptation of the the movie plus. Um, everything that went around the movie. So the movie, the cartoon, 
They took bits and pieces okay. from everything okay. Okay. and okay. threw it up, and it, it works really right. well from right. over. Well, Des, what have you heard about Beetlejuice? Um, I have, from what I've seen, it's drawing in a lot of new fans to Broadway and those who don't aren't typically involved in Broadway, much like Hamilton did with its. Um, mm-hmm. It revolutionized the oh god Broadway yes. community because of how Lin Manuel Miranda adapted Broadway singing. Well, he made he made. I think that, you know, as, as, as Cats did in the 80s, it brought it mainstream. And I think that, you know, as mainstream as it could be, but Hamilton has mainstreamed musicals for a very younger generation. And now individuals are more involved and engrossed and now invested than they were in the past. And now there's musicals like Beetlejuice and... Um Aladdin. There's uh, Dear Evan Hansen and Be Marcello are very popular, as well as, as mm-hmm. Heather's, all of which I I don't know if Dear Evan Hansen went to Broadway. I'm not sure. Yeah. But all of them are very popular, especially with younger mm-hmm. uh, audiences. Yeah, I think Heather's is a good choice, though. I mean, that's, that's an iconic movie that has carried and it's become like a cult classic on top of that, you know, and, and that was... Um, oh, geez, that was... Wasn't that Shannon Daughtery in that? Or, and, and then it was... Um, the other guy, uh, oh, geez, always mess his name up. So, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. I can't remember the names. So it doesn't matter. But anyways, it's interesting, though. It's, it's interesting to see what Broadway's been able to, to do. I mean, hey, they did Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm always a big fan of Broadway. Like, yeah. And granted, like any, any type of good theatrical performance, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of. I'm, I'm a junkie for um, good acting and good screenwriting or, or good... Playwriting, yeah. Um, you know, well, I mean, one. I mean, I mean, theatric at heart. I, um, I've already confessed that you know, Sean and I had, uh, we had tickets, season tickets to the opera. So I, I kind of got like put my card out there a little bit, but um, uh, you know, as much as I appreciate operas and and everything, I mean, for their technical excellence and, and the beauty of the music itself is it's phenomenal, but. Musicals, definitely, I, I can appreciate it just a little bit more because it's more relevant to, to who I am because I'm not a musician. So I don't appreciate, I think, on the level of an opera that I should if I was a musician. But if I'm not a musician, I could definitely, musicals can appeal to everybody. And I think that's, that's, that's where I reside with musicals for the most part. But my, no, musicals to me, like, ones that resonate with me the one that really like Phantom phenomenal obviously <laughs> but Les Mis I think is another one that's really good Les Mis is such a good show yeah, yeah. Um, the original cast the the man who plays Jean Valjean his yeah. voice is one of the best oh, it's, yeah. it's amazing yeah um, well Andrew Lord Webber has he just he's written such good stuff over the years too but I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're right. And I think that, like, even when you can go back to the originals too, it's like, it's like we go. You go once you go to OG. I mean, it's like you go back and listen to it, and you see how beautiful it was then too, and how they still like. Can, that's why those those shows still today can keep running. You know what I mean? It's like that's how I was able to take Grace into a live production of Cats because it's still playing. Yeah. As goofy as Cats is, it's timeless. It's timeless and it's playing. And I mean, it can be as just as I mean, it, I. That is one that I did see, like when it came out, 
I mean, again, I'm, I'm dating myself here too, but it was in the 80s it came out. And I was like, wow, this is, I mean, I didn't even like that one. That one did not do it for me. But I mean, I saw all those, like, like Les Mis was fan, and then Phantom, like I said too. But like Rent, I like that. That was yeah. good. It's fantastic. Rent was a really good one. Yeah, Rent was really good. And I mean, I mean, it's it's like it's a genre that you know, we don't normally talk about a ton, but I mean, again, it's one of those things that we've talked about um, comics and how comics are are definitely a masterpiece in their own. And mm-hmm. those people that we've we've given some appreciation to um, comics as as a writing medium that that doesn't get mm. enough appreciation or the appreciation that it deserves. It's very difficult to to write those things that, that exist on on uh, such a small um, page within you've you've got to wrap the story up within you know bubbles yeah and um, you know theaters very much the same thing you're you've you've got to you've yeah. got to we, we rely so much upon CGI and and film tricks and things like that and you've got to you've got to write around those things and, what? and there's to your point, John, you're, that, and you're the right. The story has to go and prevail you're, above You're completely things. correct. And I think that we've always talked about the intelligence of comic books writer. It has to be concise. has to be this. has to be that. And we, we, we've dissected the comic thing, too. But with, with, with musicals and with theater, it's like also the challenge of um, you, I just personally don't ever want it to be a lost art. No. You know what I mean? And it's like, and as long as we can keep it alive, and if they keep reaching back to things that you brought up tonight, Des, that those other type of stories, those things that can still, people can understand and attach to, like Heather's, like you mentioned, and things like that, then it that's great. Because I think that, it, I don't want it to become a lost art. And I think that theater, and I think that musicals kind of become that way. And it shouldn't be that way, you know? So I appreciate it for the list, you know? Yeah. Uh, something I will mention, like you said, we do rely on CGI and things like that, is the amount of talent that is needed for Broadway or operatic oh. singing is significantly higher than for pop. Oh. Pop is the easiest thing to sing. Completely. But I don't know if you've ever tried to run while singing, but it's hard. And most Broadway, Broadway actors do have to dance, or Broadway yeah, you have to dance and, and sing at the same time, and it is super hard. Oh, yeah. So they're incredibly talented to be able to do that. Oh, absolutely. And not to mention, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, they, those people are extremely talented, and you know they're not getting the same due that like the theater, like their movie counterparts are getting, but they should. Yeah, they have their their separate awards and stuff like that too. But I mean, I still think that you know. One thing that I that I struggle with a little bit though is that availability, you know. So a lot of times, like everyone talks, about, oh, the shows are in New York and they just launched, and then people like that live like where we do in in Chucktown, right? So you gotta wait till the traveling shows decide to come here, and they're not coming here right away. Like we lived in Pittsburgh, we saw like immediately. Something was on Broadway, and as soon as as soon as the traveling show started, there in Pittsburgh, you know, you know, and it's like we could have access to it right away. I think access is, is an issue when it comes to appreciating the art of this. You know, comics on the other side, we talked about that. That access is only what what's a comic book cost now two ninety five, 
You know, yeah. three ninety five single issue, single issue. Yeah, release, I mean that's yeah. all, that's all it takes to get in, gain access to that. We're here. It's like you you can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on whatever. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on. You can buy the CDs. You can do whatever you want to do. But it will never replace seeing it live. Yeah. By by people that have the abilities and the talents to be able to execute that. So. So I can't give enough for live theater. But anyways. Yep. Completely agree. Yep. So moving along, um, Titan season two released. Oh. Um, last week, week from today, um, we're on episode two now. Um, we've watched the the first. I've watched the all of season or episode one, one. and two. I didn't watch. Um, I've you've halfway watched through two, mo- or all of one, part two. Um, you guys haven't watched any of it, right? No, no. I don't no. Think so. no. Um, so and, yeah, and, this is. And by the way, I've already punished him, yes. Grayson, good. for not watching it. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Um, deserves a firm lashing. A firm lashing. You know what? You two need to sit down and watch Titans. Is it like what is it? DC app. Yeah, it's it's. um, Don't worry. Yeah, Grayson, invite Des over. Watch Titans. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's um, it's basically like Robin from Batman goes and like the first Robin goes and creates his own team. Um, and it, it's, um... Well, actually, this is the second. Huh? This is the second thing. Yeah, no, no, the second, second season. No, this is the second team. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, in season two, they declare this is the, the second no, team. season one, this, this whole season is, is... The, the second, second team. Second team Titans. Yes, yeah. I agree, yeah. Um, I, I agree with saying that. So, yeah, I mean, so, so Robin goes through, and, and he's had a falling out with Batman, he goes through... And uh, or uh, creates this team that exists as like a vigilante like um, group, a lot like the Justice League or the Avengers, but at a lower level. And they go through and um, deal with lesser problems than what you would see, like not necessarily like world-breaking problems, or at least what you would see within Justice League. But they may have the same type of effect. Um, much more character building, uh, much more character focused writing um, within these, and it works out really well. The um, first season kind of built up on these characters. Um, so far, what we've seen in season two is the expansion of that. Um, as we've gotten to know these characters, they've taken the same characters. We haven't really, we know that there's some new characters that are coming in. We've seen Bruce Wayne, um, played by the guy from Game of Thrones. He played. The um, what was the the knight that was like that got the grayscale? You know what I'm talking about? Mm, no. Okay. So um, he anyways he was he was an actor on Game of Thrones. He works really well for Bruce Wayne within this this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, who's who's the guy who's the guy that's playing Bruce Wayne now? Uh, I, I was just calling him Game of Thrones name. Yeah. Um, what was this Game of Thrones name? Oh, jeez, Josh, a killer. Right. Anyways, but he was on. Anyways, his... he did a great job. Yeah, he's. I don't he's care doing... any, you know, I'm gonna tell you right now. I've read some stuff about people talking about his performances and this. No, wrong. Everything you read about him is wrong. He does a fantastic job. Yeah. I think he is probably one of the best. Or not, I was calling. I want to call him Jorah. That's not right though. Um, 
He plays, uh, he's uh, Darius's main dude. Yeah, it's, 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 it's something like Jarrell. Yeah, it's, it's not, I keep thinking Superman, but that's not right. Um, he's really talented. Very good. He does a great Batman. And I think that, um, that anybody that says anything otherwise, they're just not getting it. Because it fits so well into this. So well. He does a really good job. No, I completely agree. I'm looking on IMDb to like see if I can see his name, but I'm not seeing it so far. So, but um, they brought him in for season two um, of that. the 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 big problem I had with season one was the the um, the relationship between Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, and there was there was a lot of angst there, and like like with the 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 relationship that exists within the comics, there is a lot of angst. Like between the two, there's a lot of tension between the two. However, it's more of like a dad, like a like a, um, a teenage son dad thing. Yeah, what's the what's the prodigal? It's like a prodigal son type of moment, yeah. to where like you know this he goes off and he does his own thing, and then he like slowly starts to realize that maybe not everything yeah. that Bruce taught me was wrong. Maybe he had some good, at least some good values yeah. behind right. what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, then he comes back, and. They've while they focused on one half of that, yeah. Um, in the first season, they've definitely like brought that back in the second half and have. I think, have I, I think in episode that. one, they yes. kind of wrapped that up. Yes, and I think that it was a beautiful piece. That was a great scene between the two of them, and it was a great introduction of 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 him as Bruce Wayne. And I think that at that point, that's when Robin they sit down and they talk, and like Robin says, you know, I understand now. What, how you, you know, why you raised me the way that you did, and because that's how you knew how to raise me. And, and like, he understands his dad now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dad, stepdad, whatever you want to call him, yeah. you know what I mean? But adopted he, father. Adopted father. And he understands now why Bruce raised him the way that he did, and he appreciates his father for doing what he did. Now, he still. He's. I think Robin's still looking for that huggy other stuff yeah. that he maybe didn't get, but he's never going to get it from Bruce, and he understands that. Yeah, and that's but where also, Robin leaves. Also, it. he understands like there's there's definitely a void within mm-hmm. him, and that's cho- the making him choose a different way and the yeah. path that he's going with the Titans, things like that. So that's that's there's, the there's definitely the, character the development be- on that side. Exactly, you're right. But the beauty of it, though, even though. That that exists, mm-hmm. and there's still this little piece that's still out there between the two of them, but you understand that Robin at this point knows that he can always, always rely on Bruce Wayne, and like he talks to him, and I mean, come on, let's be real. Who who do you think did the Titans Tower? Who 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 hooked him up? You know what I mean? Well, that's yeah, they cover that in episode two. Okay, well, yeah. I didn't see it yet, but I'm just, I mean, I just know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, let's be real. And it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, what he has and what he has access to is all tied back into who he is and how he was raised and all that. So, anyway. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. The, there's, it's definitely like a darker, grittier version of what you would think of Robin. It's not, it's not something that you would. Yeah. I think know. that's one of the things that kind of turned me off from watching it was the, you know, the whole DC edginess thing. But if yeah, it's done yeah. right, I mean, it's done right. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I mean, I think that um, 
Uh, well, first off, you need to give it a watch. Yeah. For one, but two, it's like uh, you've read enough Batman, you and you've read enough Robin, you Nightwing, and you've read a ton of stuff. So by the way, my favorite superhero. I know ever is, is Nightwing. Is Nightwing? Yes. And I don't blame you. It's a cool character. Yeah, he's he's phenomenally cool. cool. And um, actually, super cool. Actually, Josh, he's pretty cool. Um, it's it's uh, it it just that dynamic is just so. I don't know. I love that dynamic. I love the Batman Robin dynamic. I just love it. I mean, you have the the other sidekicks as they always call them, right? Yeah. But the Robin and Batman sidekick thing is a different dynamic than what you have in the other ones. it's a glue that holds each other together because it's not well it's the bad family yeah, yeah yeah they're relying they're leaning heavily upon each other and they have it's to. not it's not one that exists on top of the other it's the them existing equally with even though it may not seem like that at some points but within certain respects they all come back they, they all yeah. come back yeah. it all comes back full circle always comes back full circle and that's that's the beauty that's the beauty of the way that Batman has been written, and it's the way the Batman universe has been designed, and the way that all the characters are interfaced, the whole Bat family, you can go all down the list. You know, it just that to me is why one of the reasons that I really truly appreciate Batman as much as I do, because it adds a a different dynamic. It gives those sidekicks more than a sidekick type of feel. It gives they they are their own people to yeah. the point where Robin, the original Robin's able to go on, and and you realize that you know he's Nightwing. Why? Because he was Robin, you know, and what he's learned and what he knows and all that other stuff. It's it's it, it's all there. It's it's just it runs deep, and I think it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and they they definitely encapsulate that. They do, and they do, them. and I and I think that. Uh, in uh, season uh, one episode uh, or season two episode one, uh, we gotta can we we gotta talk about that shot though. Yeah, that shot. I mean, what's his name? Um, um, uh, Emilio yeah. or what's his name? Esteva or I think I wrote his name down because I want to get it right. Uh, is he uh, Morales? Yes, Este Morales Deathstroke. He is. I keep going dead shot Deathstroke. Um, oh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Sorry. The uh, that opening scene where you see him, he's like he's in his little cabin and he's got like the rugged beard thing, and you can see he's like been off the grid. He's just been off the grid, yeah. and he's buying from like a feed shop to get his like food and stuff like that. You know, and the guy's ordering him like special tea and crap like that. But what I like, what I tell you, what I really like about this one though too, is that they've actually brought in a guy that's kind of like. And again, I, I'm not sure what this character's name is. I don't remember him from the comics, but I may be wrong, and people will definitely correct me if I'm wrong. They brought this guy, and it's kind of like, I want to say his agent, in a sense. Like, he's handling a lot of the stuff. Like, he handles his house and stuff like that. And then they show him, and, it, and like, he comes back. They show him this, like, scraggy beard stuff and everything. And, of course, but then he comes back, and he's, like, shaved down. He's, he's in the Deathstroke mode at this point. But he has this other guy that's like, hey, we've been getting calls and there's been interest in you know your yeah. services. So he is a manager in a sense, you know, an agent that's working on his behalf, which makes sense. Yeah, know, I mean, I think it's more like behind the scenes type of thing to mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. if 
filling the holes of what's existed there before. I'm sure mid. But I don't. I don't think comics. that this dude does it. I don't think he exists in the comics. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't, then I get it. Like, I mean, it makes sense that you've got this world league assassin like type of character, yeah. and then you've got to have somebody that handles him. You've got to have a manager of sorts yeah. for the character. Yeah. Well, so, anyways, he holds the keys. I mean, obviously, he knows everything that he's about. But I got to be honest with you, Josh, and I don't think it, it hit you as much as it hit me, though, is when he went into his arsenal and then they opened up and showed the costume. Oh, I was about yeah. to say, did oh, they dude, show that costume was yet? so sweet. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I mean, it was so well done. I mean, I mean, again, it doesn't have the same type of like exact markings, but the structural face mask yeah. and the actual, the way they designed the costume for Titans was was beautiful. Yeah. So, and he's not in it yet. You haven't seen him in it yet. Mm-hmm. But well, to be saw... fair, we haven't seen Dick within the Nightwing costume either. No. So, I mean, they're slow rolling this out. Well, the thing we is, like, the, well, they did, well, in episode the... one, or I think, was it, maybe it was in two, it might, I watched about 15 minutes of two yet, I haven't finished it yet, where he, tis, he says to Jason Todd, Yeah, I don't, was episode two. You're Robin now. And he if goes, you're not, who are you? Yeah, he goes, he goes, if you're not Robin anymore, and I'm Robin, what does that make you? Yeah. And he says, I don't know yet. Yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely building towards that, but... Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's... um, It's good. It's good. It's, it's very, great. very good. It is good. And, you know, the way they, they, they wrapped up the season one and episode one, too, I thought was... I mean, in a way, it was a little bit anticlimactic, but... Well, yeah, I mean... But, I mean, I mean, when you... I get it, I but I liked it. I still liked yeah. it. I still I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked the it. the um the thing with this is that they've taken it to a new level. Yeah. So, they've they've um you know it was it existed at somewhere in between what you would see with the Arrow TV show on, on CW and what you would see within Game of Thrones, right? Um, previously, now it exists more along the lines of Game of Thrones based on on production quality oh, and well, oh. they're definitely moving up but based upon production quality and that was the only piece that was really missing for me in the original season yeah and so i don't know if that's because well, of the i thought the first season or... there were some pieces that were kind of like it just it was a little clunky yeah i thought the first season was a little clunky but if you knew them if you knew the characters already which which i did yeah. you know it, it, you could kind of like Go through the bumps in the, in the road. Yeah. I think they were getting their footing. Be more forgiving of it. Yeah. Be a little more forgiving and things like that. I think in season two they they, they have definitely they they iron. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. And I and I still will say this till the day I die, the Jason Todd casting, for that That's was outstanding, fantastic. outstanding. That guy, that kid is just dynamite. dynamite. Yep. Um, anything else on? Titans, I know that these um, two too. Just watch it. Yeah, absolutely watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. It's yeah. worth... Between that and um, Doom Patrol, the, that's worth the the yeah. subscription price. Oh, here's of. one I wanted to talk about. Sidebar. By the way, we get into these sidebars. I told you to watch this. I just started watching. There's a third season coming up. Happy. Yes, that was really good. You watched it? 
Yeah, I've watched I've watched a lot of the first season. Yeah, I haven't watched um, beyond that, but yeah. So you, that's a Grant Morrison. Yes, it very much feels like yes. Grant Morrison. Oh my God, yeah. it does. Um, so, oh, have, so good. Have you guys ever seen um, Fifth Element? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Um, I don't know what else to like really attribute it to. Like, I mean, very much like Fifth Element type well, of vibes. You've to read it, Grant but, Morrison. Yeah, right? you've read a lot of Grant Morrison, right? Yeah. Yeah, you read the. Um, oh, what's the, what's the one that you read? It was. Um, it's the, well, first off, like the one that you read the it was the weird one. Like he was like on a massive trip almost. It was like it was a bizarre one. Are you talking about Black Mirror? Um, uh, is that it? I'll look, I'll look it up. But anyways. Grant Morrison's writing is so good. And this one, and the guy that plays it, is the guy from Law and Order. And he does a phenomenal job. Yeah. I mean, I, just, you can't get, I can't get over how good he is. And then the unicorn that plays this, like, is Patton Oswald. Is Patton Oswald, which is just, and then Patton Oswald, if, for those who don't know, is, um, I think people know who he is, but he is probably one of the biggest comic book nerds on the planet. Yeah. Huge, he, huge he comic book nerd. huge, huge into it. And huge, huge, huge. So, it's very, very good. It's very interesting. I think that can, you know, it plays a very different type of feel to it. But if you didn't know it was, I mean, you could, you could sense, you can feel it's Grant Morrison when you know it and you watch yeah. it and you're like, oh my, this is definitely Grant Morrison. There's no question about that. Because it's the envelope is pushed the entire time, and, it, and you know it's the same way as the boys was pushed. Which one was there? I don't know. Okay, but all um, the boys was the boys. Was I mean, the whole point is like the boys. I mean, it's like they pushed it so much further than what you think. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's what Grant does, and he always takes you further. And with this one, you don't just go further; you go deep, really, really deep. And he's it's really good. And, and um, like I said, the guy that plays him. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you could get a, ca- a caliber actor of his ilk to do what they ask this character to do, but he's he's fantastic, fantastic. And I think Patton Oswalt, even though he plays like a very kind of comedic piece, is very good in it. But watch it. I just gonna, I can't say enough. Just watch it. You know, I never I never read it. I don't know. I don't know the source material. I don't know anything about it at all. But so far, I am. I'm hooked. I am hooked on this. Yeah. And it got renewed for a third, so it's coming on a third season. Nice. So. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely very good. Yeah. So sidebar. Um. So there was some other news that came out this past week. Um. A leak of sorts. Okay. Um, there's been a leak with the Robert Pattinson movie, uh, Batman movie. I know that you're not. Like, Would he quit? No, okay. not not they quit. Although I do have some homework for you. Um, I'll pull that up as I'm talking about this. But um, the Robertson Pattinson or uh, Pattinson uh, movie has been the Batman movie has been leaked to be a murder mystery. Yeah. Um, which we kind of knew already. Yeah. We didn't get anything official on it um, previously, but they've it's been like that. It's officially a murder mystery. Um, and in that murder mystery, new war type of circumstance, I kind of want to speculate on, you know, given those two things, what would our perfect Batman movie look like? And if what? we were given the reins for the Batman 
and the, the other the the movie that um, I wanted to, to give you okay, homework so on. If you ask me to have, you got you have to have Pattinson. You have to have okay, a murder I, mystery. I, can I just take him out and just see no. what I say? Batman. Uh, you got to live in, in what we have today: Pattinson, murder mystery, and um, that's New War based. I would, um, you know. You, you know what would drive Batman insane? What? Is if you had, like, the death of Jim Gordon. You yeah. Know? So, to me, if you want to do, like, a new war type of thing, have a mysterious death of Jim Gordon, and then have Batman work from that, because you're going to add such a component of emotion, and you're going to have a component of his drive for... Justice, you're going to have everything you want from the Batman in there, and then you're going to have it amped up like by, by 10. I mean, I mean, I say him because I don't want to talk about other superheroes, I don't want to talk about uh, any of the Bat family or anything else. I don't want to talk about Robin. If you take Gordon away from him, that that will kill him. Yeah, I think that will I think either that, that or like Alfred. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. oh, 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 my gosh. Yes. So, oh, okay. Do you remember the one part in uh, Dark Knight's Metal? Or what was it called? Metal. Yeah, it was Metal. The, um, like the cyborg Batman fusion. Yeah. That, that was because Alfred died. He went crazy. Yeah. He made like all those computer programs. Right. That was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's so, cool. that's my point. It's like when you have Batman so frazzled. That he does something like that, mm -hmm. and he creates that amalgamation. You know what I mean? So you, again, the, the beauty of Batman is is you take him to the depths of where the worst of worst, right? So you take Batman and you put him in these situations where he is so against odds that are just so just beyond that he always, always, always because of intellect. His abilities and his intelligence and everything else finds a way out always you know and i think that when you get into something so personal as taking away penny pennyworth mm -hmm. or you take away gordon then you're going to see a side of batman it's going to be it's going his his emotions yeah. will take over his logic and when you get to that point you get to see the true essence of the bat and that's when you really get into some money and I think that, you know, I don't, you know, that's my opinion. I don't know what you're thinking. No, I, but. I, I'll, I'll save mine for last, but yeah, I, I like your idea. Um, Des, what, given what you know about Batman, um, what would you like to see this Batman movie that um, is coming out based upon what we have currently is that it's going to be a murder mystery. It's going to be like a La Noire type of um, scene and that it's got, you know, it, it has to have and it can be the current, but more, more storyline based. I haven't thought about it a lot, but listening to your proposition, that does sound like a very good idea, especially with exposing those emotions that would bring in... Raw emotions, yeah. 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 I would like to see that, as well as... Um, I, don't, I, I don't remember if we talked about um, who would be the Joker, but I'd like... I don't know, maybe a different dynamic? Yeah. Exposed, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's cool. G? Mm. 
I, I like your idea with Gordon. It's pretty interesting. I think you could convey that really well with a movie too, as in like you know, Batman. Yeah, you know, you see him as always he's calm, he's collected and stuff, he's methodical. Yeah. But when you take away someone he loves, like I don't like Batman, like loves Gordon, but yeah, yeah, oh, he loves, he Gordon. loves Gordon. He loves Gordon. He but, um, absolutely loves Gordon. There's no question. I mean, the Bat doesn't exist without Gordon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that would really kind of put him to the test, you know? Yeah, and that's what... Oh, and see, what well, you just said, the test, right? The test. Testing Batman, first off, don't do it. I'll tell you right now, don't do it. Because I'm telling you what, the Bat will win. He always does. But when you test him, that's when you get to see all... That's when you really get every every component of Batman. It makes me think about that one part in uh, the New Fifty Two when they drugged him and put Batman in like the labyrinth, the Court of Owls stuff. Oh god, yeah, we Josh and that I was like Batman that at all his worst. the time. Yeah, that was so so good. Oh, okay, again, can we, can I say it again? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. okay, say it again. Read the Court of Owls, because yes. that really, I mean, we talk about all the other stuff with Batman, read, read all the other Batman stuff that we talked about, oh, God, please read the Court of Owls. Yeah, that's yeah, a must. So, you're right, Grace, that's a good point. Um, here's my take on it. So, um, the, the only thing that you guys are missing is what you have to build on. If you take away Jim Gordon, at least permanently, if you take away Jim Gordon, then you really don't have a whole lot to build on with the the character. Like you, you kind of have to, kind of have to have Jim Gordon as he exists there, or have a like some type of Barbara Gordon to like take his place, um, or some iconic figure that exists within the continuity but, but, to take his place. Can I put you on time? Yeah. Pause one second. So can't the absence of Gordon be the catalyst and the driving force to get? that bat into those situations and to get I, 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 I understand what you're saying mm-hmm. but I'm talking about if you remove that that is a catalyst it's going to be able to take him into an area that you may have never seen him in though yeah I, I can see that um, here's 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 what okay. my because my right, I've thought about this a little bit is um, you would take you would take interior um, circus tent mm-hmm there is a family swinging from the high wire, and um, there's a 16-year-old kid that's with him or, or around that age. Um, he's swinging from his father's arms. There is something that happens. The kid drops. The family drops into the net. The kid lands next to his mother and father. His mother and father do not or, or, or have, have died from mysterious circumstances because the safety um, yeah, well, net okay. was there, but... But because, um, you know, he didn't die, but they died. Um, within the same tent, with and, and the viewing audience is a um, a youngish um, uh, Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne's been doing the Batman thing for a few years. Mm-hmm. However, he's still um, newer to it, um, newer than what we've seen with with um, Ben Affleck or. Well, yeah. Um, well, so if you're if you're getting in that time yeah. period, of course. Year three, year four. Yeah. Um, Bruce sees himself within this kid. He takes the kid. Um, he realizes that there's something fishy about this. He starts investigating it. Realizes that there's something more to play here, and 
ha, um, sees that there's there's either uh, some type of major criminal element there. Um, somebody kidnaps in relation to this kidnaps Jim Gordon, um, and then he has to go and um, start questioning these people over at Arkham Asylum. So he pulls like a Silence of the Lambs type of thing, and then starts um, reaching out to known criminals, Clayface. Um, Poison Ivy, like like these well-connected people. That are locked up. That are locked up, or Penguin, or you, you name it, that would have re- or relation to these. So he goes at one at a time, goes that takes that lead, and then draws that lead to a conclusion. That leads him to another person with an Arkham Asylum. He goes back to Arkham Asylum, and then he goes and does the thing again. I like, I like what you said. Yeah. As far I love the tie-in back to Arkham Asylum, and then him facing his enemies that he has put away. Yeah. And then having to come to them to help him. Yes. And that's a juxtapose to the entire, you know, what he what his purpose was and what he did. Mm-hmm. And I could I appreciate that. I think there's a lot that you can contextually you can take out of that completely. You can get a, you can get a ton out of that. I mean, yeah. really, you can. And I think that you can get like similar emotional draws from that too because I don't think, I mean, the bat having to go and ask a villain for help is probably the last thing on Batman's list. The last thing. But he has no other options. Mm. And that's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's... There, there's the death of these this kid's two parents, and that's not a huge thing. Batman's definitely on top of it, but he and he takes on the kid, but the, the it's not it's not like the this biggest thing to where like he realizes that you know the penguins behind it or or two faces behind it or anything like that. It's just that he's he's seeing that there's there's something else going on here, and then then as Jim Gordon's taken or um, disappeared. He realized that there's something bigger there, and then he has to go through and package those things together. Once that um, this happens, the young warden that he's taken in, um, teenage warden that he's taken in, stumbles upon his hideout um, in the Batcave and sees the picture of his two or his family together, and then the um, the uh, the the Jim Gordon, and um, he's he somehow gets Batman to allow him to come along with those or with him to be able to find his parents' killers. Oh, so you're okay. So it's also a redemption arc for, like... Yes, because Batman... And Robin, too. Yes. So okay. you're, that's what I'm building off of, is that okay. that you've got Robin now and you're able to build on the Bat family as you go forward with but sequel you're also, one, but sequel uh, two. To your point, to your point, what you just said, though, based on... You're, you're talking in the premise of Pattinson's Batman. Yes. So. Well, we know Pattinson's but, Batman is yeah. going to be year, like year three of Batman. Okay, so, uh, well, then I can give your theory a little bit more credence than, and under the guise of that, yeah. which makes sense, because you're adding similar components to what I was talking about, but you're also adding that other piece that other arc where you're bringing you're the, starting to build yeah, the bat family out. you're really you're building it out so so yeah i mean i think yeah i mean i definitely could see it i mean i could see either one um they've got, it they've just both depends got on how, i mean it depends yeah. on how you want your bat to go though i mean it's like what do you want batman to do though i mean it's like you know i honestly could see like 
Batman being like in your version, being much more methodical, mm-hmm. being much more analytical, and in mine I can see Batman being those same things, but I can also see him being so irrational. Well, I think that's so where you bring in. I, I do like the, the thing that you you take Gordon or you take um, uh, you you take Alfred away from Batman, and it's not it's something to where like he had he previously had this person to lean upon that he no longer has to lean upon, and he uh, he has to go out of his comfort zone, adding in this new person that he's added into the because, household. Because at that point, because he's alone, also had the dynamic of having him having a newbie in with him too. Yes, so he's so, having yeah, to rely upon that dynamic The dynamics. I mean, we're talking two different dynamics, but they're both so impactful. Yes. That they have a direct impact on the bat. Yes. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't. I. I mean, I don't. I. I can definitely see. I definitely think that's a good. That's a good approach. What do you think, Jay? I mean, they're both solid. What, I, I, I mean, would want to see both. If you, if you, well, if you had to make your own up, we just made ours up. Would you? When you make my own up. up? Hmm? Okay. No, I'll, you know, I'll I'll choose between the two of yours. Okay. And I like where you're coming from. With the whole, you know, Batman kind of irrational thing, but I'd say for, I'd save that, you know, I, I would, I would definitely not do that first. I, I like Josh's, Josh's idea sounds more safe yeah, and more better for just people who want to watch a Batman movie, first of all, you know, because I mean, if you read the comics, you know how important Jim Gordon is to Batman, but if you don't, then you're just going to be like, oh, that guy died, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Unless they're able to establish him, well, I think that you've already got them established because you've done them in several different yeah venues yeah. already. Yeah. Des, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've been spacing out. I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, if you haven't noticed, I'm a Batman guy. I love Batman to death. So, how do you, do you like Batman? Um, who's your favorite? Okay, who's your favorite superhero? Um. I really like the Flash. Oh, okay. I I know you guys hate the Justice League, but I especially like that. No, we like the Justice League. We didn't like the movie. I mean, the uh, movie. I meant yeah. the movie. Gotcha. Um, you like the character, and I actually like the, the Flash. The Flash and the, Flash and the and Justice League. I did like how uh, Ezra Miller. Yeah. Played, uh, Ezra Miller played the Flash, yeah. and I liked the interpretation of him as a hyperactive, a little. He seemed a little ditzy, but uh-huh. I think it worked. Yeah. I, I like the interpretation. I like how she had a name. Yeah. yeah I agree with that's her, That's nice. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Your, your assessment of that is spot on. Spot on. What do you think of the Batman in that, though? Ben Affleck's eh. Batman. Eh. 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 Exactly. Batman yeah. making jokes, you know. You can't do that. Batman does not make jokes. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. World one. He's not a jokester. No. 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 If anything, it's, it's just sarcastic jokes. And it... Because it's coming. But anyways, so, okay, what else you got? That's it. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of contextualize those within this podcast. Then yeah. Once that we have the movie come oh, out, we're, we're do doing Daniel's a review. Question. Yes, we have to do the Daniel's, Daniel's question, yeah. um, and we'll do that as soon as this um, wraps. The, the, um, but, but basically, we'll, we'll, we'll contextualize those in this podcast. Um, and then I'll, I'll try to remember to go back through this once the movies came out and then we'll, we'll go yeah. back and see who was yeah. 
closer to what what you know what we got right, what we didn't get right. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Danley's podcast, or I'm um, sorry, Danley's Danley's question. question. Yes. So you don't know Danley. You know Danley. Yeah. Danley's our our like number one viewer. Yes. He's also a college um, friend of Matt's. Yeah. Um, fraternity brother of Matt's, and um, he's been on po- podcasts with us. Um, previously, he we've done a new segment called Danley Ask a Question, yes. and so we'll move into Danley Ask a Question. Yeah. And I just had he wants me to make sure that I reference that he's upset with the tech guy. Yeah, I'm I know. Not, I'm not I'm, saying I'm who not. the tech guy is. It's me. No, I didn't say who the tech guy is. I do. Was. I did. Okay, you don't have to. I know. I just said the tech guy. I'll agree. All right. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen, people. <laughs> People are going to see like three episodes drop tomorrow, and then they're going to see this episode drop like the day after that, and they're going to know that we haven't posted anything for like a month. So Danley's been busting balls. Yes. So we got we got to do something because if anybody's going to keep us on the straight and narrow, it's going to be Danley. So Danley's question to us and Grayson: Did you ever see Clerks? I don't know if you ever watched Clerks or not, but if not, you any need of the to watch Kevin that. Smith movies that have Jalen Salt involved in them? Nope, nope. See, and right. I showed you the clips of. Hawknocker and stuff like that, but you got to definitely watch the movies. Did you see Clerks at all by chance? I don't no. think so. Okay. So, next time we have these two on, trust me, next time... We the, need to have like ne- a fresh review of Clerks for these yeah. guys. So, next time that Des and uh, Grayson come on, they'll be well-versed in Titans, and they and would have watched watch at, least at least Clerks. W- at least Clerks, okay? Yeah. You guys agree? Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, before we get to the daily asked question, though, yes. which I know everyone's waiting with bated breath, let's can we do a little teaser on what we're going to be doing game table? Yeah, so our next tabletop episode, um, I'll let you tease it out. Okay, cause... so what we decided, though, is because, like, one thing is, like, I'm a and d guy. I played D&D when I was younger, and I played it for about six, seven years, and... Um, it, you know, it's it's come back now, obviously, thanks to Stranger Things, mm-hmm. who's the overs watch that, which I think most people have. It's very good. And um, so we're going to do a D&D tabletop game, and we're going to have Grayson and Des are going to be part of our uh, part of our rogue uh, trio of heroes that try to conquer whatever module is put in front of them. Nice. So we'll do that, and there's going to be other people to play, too. Hopefully, um, we'll get uh, your mom and... Uh, <laughs> Grayson, your mom, and your Josh, wife. your wow. bride, and uh, and so we'll have enough people. So, so it should be interesting. It should be really good. I think we have a really good time with it. Very basic. We'll do the start. So we're gonna do the starter set, so everyone can pretty much pick up pretty easily on that. But it's coming. We're gonna do that soon, and then um, you know just want to tease it out there and just let you guys know what's going on with that. So, but anyways, moving on to Danley's question. Danley's question is favorite clerk's character and why? Um, I'm going to let you go first because I've, I've got to mold this one over. I've been trying to mold it over since I saw it earlier and I did cheat a little bit, but yeah. there's a wide barrage of characters and so I may go another way that you go. Alright, so and I'm going to put myself in that age and that time. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go Randall. Yeah. Okay. Me personally, because and and why? Why would be is because 
what Randall went through and like what he was experiencing, I could relate to, you know, and I think that you know if you watch, I mean, hopefully everyone's watched Clark's, but you know if you haven't, it's like you know the things that he was dealing with and trying to juggle and trying to like all the things that all the forces that were against poor Randall, you know, it's like they were in like in reality. Were they that big? Eh. No, but I mean, they no. were big to him at the time. But that's my point, right? Yeah. So, it puts in perspective, like when you look back at that age, where I was at, at that same age period, it's like, yeah, you had all these little ancillary things that you thought were so life-changing and so important, and so this is going to, you know... it. In, in all reality, though, it's just life. Yeah, you know I hate I mean? to be like I hate to be like get off my lawn type of guy, but um, you know you go back to that time period too, yeah. where it was shot and there was no, the internet was just becoming a thing. There was no self, there were no smartphones. Yeah, there was no Twitter. The political climate was a lot different back then, to where everybody wasn't at each other's throat over political differences. And, and the other thing I have to say too, if I'm not mistaken, I think when they were playing hockey on the roof, mm-hmm. he was wearing a penguin jersey. Uh, it was it was probably Devil's jersey. No, was it not Devil's jersey? No. Okay, but yeah, okay. I mean, we'll have to so, go back and watch that. But it was a um, Penguins jersey. <laughs> was it Penguins jersey? But yeah, so I mean, it was uh, you know, that was that was probably the biggest contention though was like, what do we root for the Penguins or do we root for the Devils? No, well, so, okay, how was that, Josh? But what I'm saying is that that as minute as that is, that was the the point of contention there, and you know. It, it's it was just completely a different well, time. Like I mean, again, those, those again, the big it, the smaller it, problems it puts into perspective were bigger. The like those type of little challenges that you have early on in your life and things like that. It, it like you know seeing it through a different lens now from then. It, it you know you can relate now and understand and like when you watch it now, I see it in a different way. You know because you've been through those type of things. It's like it's so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. But, you know, then it did matter. And you know what? It mattered to them, and it, and it mattered to Randall, and, it, and the way that it mattered to him, and the angst that he felt, and the way that he related to those situations, that's, I could relate to him very easily. Yeah. So, who was your guy? Um, I'm probably going to go with Randall as well. Yeah. I was going to go um, the other way, but... I don't, I don't relate. I mean, I, I relate sometimes with Dante. Like, I, I switch between a Dante and a Randall um, just because, I mean, based upon where I'm at in my life, if I'm, you know, I, I can see myself either. I, I, I exist on one of two polar opposites. I either strive um, to, to be very successful in what I do or I'm the complete loner and, and go and, and go with the flow and, um prefer to, to do my stuff and, and, you know, but then beyond what I'm expected to do, then I'll drop it. Yeah. And that's just kind of where I've been at for a little while, but, um, good, bad or indifferent. That's, um, that's where definitely where Randall is. And then there's a, there's kind of a calming piece and, um, effluence to that, to where you, you can appreciate the, the simplicity of, you know, 
only having to worry about getting up in the morning. Getting up in the morning, right? Yes. And, and then, <laughs> um, and then you know, doing the the bare minimum of what's expected in the daily grind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you go, Danley. Yeah, there you go. So let us know, Dan. You, Dan, you let us know. Yeah, yeah, Danley, let us know. Um, comment on our Facebook. On I would call you Danley, but I know you're well in bed because you go to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah, it's damn near two, or it's two o'clock in the morning here. So, um, yeah. So the yeah, Danley, let us know and let us know what your favorite uh, clerks characters are in the comics, and what you would like to see the Batman movie be based upon the information we gave you today. Uh, make sure to go through and uh, rate and subscribe to the podcast. It definitely helps people see our podcast based upon popularity. Yep. And um, we'll be back next week, um, same time. Same uh, bat channel. Same bat channel. You got it, bro. This has been the Perfect Podcast.